there are so many traps at any film festival and really you can't avoid them all. But uh, one of the bigger traps would be lack of research. You have to really know about the films and filmmakers you're going to see, especially if you're going to talk to them at some point. And at a festival, that is a distinct possibility. I remember a Q&A after a screening of a Ken Loach film, I think it was Sweet Sixteen, and some absolute waste of a word jockey got hold of the microphone, and he sincerely said that he thought Secrets and Lies was his best film, uh, because Ken Loach and Mike Lee are so alike and all. Uh, that's a big misconception about film journalism, uh, especially at festivals, is that it's easy or that we don't have to prepare when it's really the complete opposite. Be prepared. Be overprepared. No, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, moi, c'est bête, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout dépend. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. The time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruined my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? I remember quite clearly, it was 1946 and I was four years old, my mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it! My life has been... Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. I'm a man! Well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm Door. Adele, Lea, and Abdel Abdel Kenji. We won! Which is not over. We must continue. Oh, I did not know that. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Filmotomy podcast. Uh, I'm your host, B. Garner. And on this podcast, we're all uh, we're going to be discussing uh, film festivals and, more importantly, attending film festivals and any sort of tips and advice that we can offer and just general sort of chat about our experiences going to film festivals. Uh, so joining me today, I have the wonderful Audrey. Hello, how are you? Yeah, very well. And also joining me is the wonderful Rachel. Hi. Um, so Rachel, um, this would be a great time sort of for you to introduce yourself and uh, tell us what, who are you and why have we got you on our podcast? <laughs> Yeah, so I am a Rotten approved. Sorry, so I am a Rotten Tomatoes approved uh, film critic, and I have been to the Sundance Film Festival. I've covered it uh, three different times, so that's my main uh, experience uh, as far as film festivals go. Uh, but I have a podcast, Rachel's Reviews. And then I also have the Hallmarkies podcast where we cover the obscure indie indie films uh, by Hallmark Channel. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, let's um, sort of discuss what film festivals we've attended. Um, so, Rachel, you mentioned you attend Sundance. Yes, I live in Utah, so it's the natural one for me to cover. Uh, but I have been uh, four times. Uh, covered the Sundance Film Festival, and this year I was able to do 25 movies, which is my record. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, and so. how many days were you there? I I think I was there for nine out of ten days of the festival. That's 
That's impressive. And so, wow. Yeah. It was, it was, I was pretty proud of myself. It was pretty exciting. Oh my gosh. Uh, by, by the end of it, you must have just been like, oh, they, they must have all merged into one movie, <laughs> one epic long movie. <laughs> they yeah, they really kind of did. And it, it was, it was exhausting, but I did, because uh, it was my fourth year attending, I, I kind of learned some things along the way that, that, that hopefully I can share with all of you that made it a lot better. Uh, and have you attended any other film festivals in your uh, in your travels? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, the only, like, I guess kind of close to, like, covering something would be something like going to D23, which isn't a film festival. But anyway, I've covered, like, some Comic-Cons and some, uh, some which I feel like some of the same tools are actually would be applicable to covering uh, those kinds of events as well. Uh, but yeah, Sundance is the only one. I really, really want to go to South by Southwest uh, one of these days, uh, and I'd love to go to the Annecy Film Festival in France someday, which is the uh, um, which is all about animation because animation is is my my favorite medium, I guess. Wow. Well, hopefully, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. We'll, yeah. We'll... <laughs> someday. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, Audrey, you've attended a couple of film festivals as well, haven't you? Yeah, so I've been to Tribeca in New York a few times. Um, I've been to the Toronto Film Festival and um, the New York Film Festival, and then Boston, which is where I live. They do two. They have the Boston International Film Festival and then the Boston Independent Film Festival. So I've done both of those, at least in like some capacity. Um, so I, I'm like squarely northeast territory but i try to get around yeah and um my um sort of film festival experiences um i've just been to the sheffield documentary film festival uh which was amazing uh but really hard to watch some of those documentaries uh, <laughs> um I think I saw 10 films in two days, so um, which was crazy because I had to tra- I wasn't able to get the whole five days off work type of thing. So I tried to get as many in as I can. Um, and I've also been to the London Film Festival on a few occasions and I'm going up to Edinburgh uh, next week. So keeping it well, keeping it based in the UK, maybe one day I will venture outside of this uh, island that I live on. Um, but who knows Brexit and all that? Um, it might be a bit difficult. <laughs> um, I guess that people listening have maybe not attended a film festival or they've only attended a couple. Um, so it's quite surreal when you first go to one, isn't it? It definitely is. I think that it can be a little bit hard to sort of detach yourself from the the experience of going to a screening when you have, the, you know, a lot of times you'll have the director there, you'll have the actors there, that kind of a thing. And it's it's really hard sometimes to separate and be like, I have to just judge the film. You know, I, I have to. <laughs> and that can be a challenge uh, to kind of, I don't know, separate yourself from sort of the hype of, of the the festival and what they're trying to do. Yeah, that's definitely, um, whenever you see critics' reviews from, like, 
films that they saw at festivals, it's it just generates a more extreme reaction, I think, in either direction because <laughs> amped up and they're all like on caffeine and <laughs> they're you know, like been most sleeping. <laughs> six movies in one day um, at a film festival and like I was shaking in the theater at the last movie that I saw just like involuntarily because I had just put my body through so much Um, so it's an intense experience but it's very exciting and very fun yeah, definitely. uh, By the end of like the day you feel like you've just like wired from it i don't know you just can't go to sleep i find it really weird like i'm just like so much is going on in my head like oh my god this was, this film was so amazing and uh the director has met them it was like when i went to london film festival and i met boots riley and i was just like well i won't be able to sleep now that was an amazing <laughs> experience <laughs> um but yeah it's well, before we even get to going to the actual film festival, um, there is a process that needs to be done. So, has anyone got sort of any tips on how to fill out those um, applications, really? Well, I I know that if you can get a a locals pass, if if it's a if if you happen to live near where there's a uh, a festival. Find out uh, when the locals' passes are going for sale and be ready at, you know, 10 a.m. or whenever it starts. Be ready. Get your local pass. Even if it seems like, oh, that's a little pricey, it's 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 so worth it. The first year I went, I just did a package of 10 tickets to uh, Sundance, and I it was so, so much more pain because you have to get there. Uh, early in order to get a seat and you might you're, you might lose your seat and uh, it's it just I don't know it's just way way more stressful than if you could just have your pass and then you just show them your pass and you're in and I you might end up spending a little bit more per ticket depending on how many movies you see but to me at least just for the convenience alone it is so much worth it and uh, I I usually get there's usually a bunch of different kinds of packages and tickets that you can get. So like for for these for Sundance, I usually get the Salt Lake version of the pass, and it's still it was like five hundred dollars, which is a lot, but uh, it's less than the you know the platinum whatever you know that it's up in Park City because I can still see almost everything that you can see in Park City, you can see in, in Salt Lake, and it's less of a drive, and it's uh, it's just more, you know, more convenient for me. So, uh, I, I, I don't know, I think looking for those kind of local deals, local things, and taking advantage of them if you can is a really good tip. Mm-hmm. They certainly do a lot of early bird sort of uh, mm-hmm. passes that you can... Um, pick up so i think it's really good that um i know that we all hate getting like bombarded with emails but signing up and you know for those email alerts really you know makes a huge difference yeah definitely for sure um audrey what about your sort of experience for like 
um, whether it's applying to to get a press pass or whether it's just sort of buy, buying general tickets? Yeah, um, I think whatever you can do to get access earlier than the rest of the peasants, which is what I would say. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I don't spend a lot of money on these, on these trip or I do probably, but like, I don't go for like the premium deals that give you everything. But I have found that memberships tend to be a cost effective way to get your foot in the door just a little bit earlier than kind of everybody else. Like with the Toronto Film Festival, when I went last year, I was able to get a student pass because I, I have a Harvard ID. Um, and that cost, I want to say like 50 or 60 Canadian dollars, so 40-ish American. And with that, I was able to get, I think like the day before everyone else gets mm. to pick their tickets, um, you know, people who are non-members. Mm. So um, the Toronto, I think anybody who goes to the Toronto International Film Festival kind of knows that their system for getting tickets is a hellish nightmare from which there is no escape. Um, the site crashes every year. It's just, it's, um, it's a lot because there's so many people. And as much as they try to give people access at slightly different times and give them certain windows, it's still so many people all logging onto the same site at the exact same time. So anytime you can get a little bit ahead of that is key. Um, the biggest other thing is just perseverance. Like, I know maybe not everybody can do this, but on whatever your appointed window is, if you can just set two hours for yourself where you can just sit and refresh, I didn't have a problem getting a ticket to anything that I wanted to see. Like, and there were so, and I, I had like the last day that was available for people who were the, you know, members. I, I was like an hour before the non-members could get in. So I was, like, not at the head of the queue by any means, but um, I was able to get into everything I wanted to see because I was just sitting there refreshing and waiting, and um, it paid off. So that's, that's like, a big thing. I know um, uh, one that I didn't mention, AFI Fest, which is out in Los Angeles, they have, like, a $60 membership, which is a membership to the American Film Institute for a year. You get two passes to kind of any screenings just anywhere in the country at certain theaters. And you don't have to get any tickets to any of the screenings that are happening during AFI Fest. You don't have to wait in line, really. You can just show up with your pass, and and that's it. You don't have to book them online. Um, so memberships are, like, not as expensive as you would think, and sometimes they have really, really good benefits. So yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. yeah, that's one nice thing about getting the pass at Sundance, if you can at all is you don't have to sign up for individual tickets. You just go you can go to any of the movies that you want and you just show them your pass and you can get in, which just to me is so worth it. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jeff from the At the Flicks podcast. Let's talk about film festival survival. Now I live in Gloucestershire where there's more chance of testing your survival with a zombie apocalypse than finding a film festival. Or so I thought. This year, there have already been two. In March, there was the Stroud Film Festival. Very easy to survive, as it is a community event over ten days. The Stroud Brewery showed Christopher Nolan's excellent film The Prestige, and your screening included a magic show which took place before and after the film. 
the festival is always diverse and chilled. The same could not be said of our other festival of the year, the Cheltenham International Film Festival. This is more like what you would expect, multiple screenings and different venues where you have to race around town to get to a chosen event. I found survival comes in many forms. Number one, prepare. Read up on the films you're going to see. Don't walk into something called Love Sonia thinking it's a romantic drama only to find it's an incredibly powerful Indian movie about the sex traffic trade. Number two, be discreet. Try and avoid eye contact with filmmakers whose last film you hated. Mike Lee almost made me feel guilty for disliking Peter Lou. Number three, network as often as you can. You never know when that new contact could become important. Overarching all of this, the most important rule of survival, it's like that gambling advert. When the fun stops, stop. Okay, it's enough from me. I'm off to find another film festival in Gloucestershire. I might be sometime. Um, whether you're, you're hoping to get um, a press pass um, I think it's definitely worth trying if you are like a you know a blogger or you are sort of um, reviewing for certain sites and, and you, you think well you know I won't get in it's only for certain publications um, you should definitely give it a shot because um, I have tried uh, um, I applied to London Film Festival last year thinking, oh, there's no way that I'm going to get a pass. And I uh, saw the application form and there were all these questions and I was like, okay, I will do my best to write uh, and say why I want to go. And I happened to mention my reasons, you know, uh, because I, I'm a fil female film critic and I think it's good to have the representation there. And um, also, you know, my my website in general, so Filmotomy in general, and I, I submitted it and I thought, no, I'm not going to hear anything back. And then the very next, no, I think it was the same afternoon, um, I got an email saying that I'd been accepted, um, which was really nice. So um, it's, it's worth giving it a go and, and seeing how it is. I mean, um, I think we just get to sense that film festivals are, you know, are this prestigious place that we're not allowed to attend. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, nothing venture, nothing gained, so uh, you couldn't, you know, couldn't hurt, and also, sometimes you can get the uh, the the, oh, sorry, and sometimes you can get the the site that you work for to either apply for your press credentials or to try to get any any access that you can like I uh, I write for rotoscopers.com and they were able to get me an interview opportunity with the director and producer of an one of the animated films one year so that was a really cool opportunity to get an interview them so sometimes working through the organization that you're associated with can help oh yeah uh, in terms of accommodation this is the one thing that I feel people really like when it comes to attending it can be so hard to find the right accommodation have we got any sort of tips on booking accommodation that we can sort of recommend to the listeners out there 
I, I'm, I, the only way I can really relate to that, because since I am from Utah, is like I said, for something like D23 out in Anaheim. And honestly, I'm just at my room, hotel room for such a, a brief period of time that I, it really doesn't matter that much to me. I just try to get a place that's as close as possible and uh, that's, you know, that, that has a, that I can get, get some sleep and uh, try to find a place where it won't be hopefully too loud. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And do you sort of make sure that when you're booking like accommodation, you read, read reviews and stuff? Um, or are you just thinking, oh, the, that that seems like a decent price. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm more the price, and uh, like I said, cl- how close it is to the to the venue is probably would probably be my my most important factors. I mean, closeness to the venue is really important um, because, especially when you consider that you might be going to a, a city you've not been to before. Yeah. Um, I've been caught out a couple of times where I looks. It's Google Maps. I mean, come on, Google Maps makes everything seem closer than it actually is. Um, so I think you really need to sort of. It's all about planning and making sure that you know exact and and transport links like know, um, what routes, what buses to take. You know, um what trains to take etc because um, London it's a big town it's a very big town <laughs> yeah. uh, so I guess really in terms of accommodation I think the best tips are really looking at well, the close closeness to the venues um, you know general stuff is like when you're booking a, a holiday you know l- read the reviews i mean don't go anywhere that looks like it's going to be um full of fleas (laughs) yeah it's it's also so location dependent too like Mm. from city to city like you know booking stuff in toronto is very different than booking stuff in new york which is very different than la and so it's i'm a big airbnb person to be totally honest like i i've um when I, when I do Toronto, I stay at, like, the same Airbnb um, that is, like, it's pretty nice. I can just kind of, you know, it's, it's maybe, like, a, I don't know, 10-minute drive from all of the theaters. And then in New York, because New York is crazy expensive, I always end up doing just um, a room in a person's house because I'm literally there to sleep, um, which, you know, maybe not the safest. I don't know. Maybe I'm making a bad decision, but... It's uh, you can go and it's like less than a hundred dollars a night, which for New York is, you know, yeah. can't sleep on the street for that much. So. <laughs> I was just also say like um, hostels. I don't know whether hostels are a big thing in in America, but in uh, the UK, they're you know hostels are all around the place, especially in like the bigger cities. Um, so. I have too much room for hostels. We, um, like, they're, they have never taken off here for some reason. Oh, my gosh. It's, wow. Yeah. yeah, like, they but exist. But, yeah, they're, you don't hear them as much as, uh, is even, like, Airbnb is kind of a, a huge, huge thing. And I I think you could make an argument that that staying in someone's house, like, that would actually, could actually be safer. 
That's true. Um, Especially if they have good reviews. Well, yeah. I've only ever stayed in a hostel which has been a female-only dorm. Um, so never like a mixed dorm. And uh, it, I always read up the reviews. Um, I make sure that the um, reception is open 24 hours and that um, it's close to a bus stop so I don't have to walk mm. far. And uh, the, the, the reviews are the main thing, really. And even if it means staying in a hostel that's slightly more expensive, um, I'd rather take that, you know, be slightly out of pocket rather than take the risk. Uh, and the hostel I stayed in in London, I've used a couple of times now. And the reason that I really, it sold me over was it had little curtains on the bunk bed for privacy and a little reading oh, lamp. That was a nice touch. <laughs> I've had that in, in San Francisco. I stayed in a hostel that had that. It had like a little curtain and it had um, an outlet for your charger that was like in your little bunk. It was it's very cozy. I there's some. I've stayed in them in like San Francisco and Chicago and stuff, but it's just not a super common thing here. So there's just not as many of them. Um, I have heard of a lot of people doing sort of um, like if a group of critics mm-hmm. that kind of all know each other through Twitter or something are all going to the same film festival, that sometimes people will just like rent out a big Airbnb or something and share it because that cuts down on the costs a lot, but I haven't been involved in that ever, so I don't know how the logistics of that work, but that's also something to look into if you know a bunch of people that are going to be going to. Yeah, and make sure yet you definitely know them, uh, and they are who they say they are. Um, we're not like to say like any old person off film Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, disclaimer. Um, <laughs> I routinely give very bad advice to anything I say. Take with a grain of salt. <laughs> no, but uh, that is a good way to sort of approach it. Really, is you know, if you know people, and um, I think if you're friendly with them and you've met up in real life, and you know, you know them quite well, then definitely, if you want to save costs, that's probably uh, that's actually a really good way of doing it, because you know that it can get a bit lonely when you're in your Airbnb bed, you know, studio apartment and you want to talk to someone mm-hmm. about the film that you've just seen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One thing that's really fun about going to a festival is to use it as a chance to, and it sounds cynical to say networking, but uh, but really it's fun to, to you if you if you have a pass, you end up seeing sort of a lot of the same people in line waiting in the pass line, but even if you don't, like, just talking to people that are waiting, uh, find out what movie, what movies they've been seeing, what they liked, what they didn't like, uh, and, uh, I don't know, it could just, it can just add to the whole experiences, is, is you can make friends, you can, con- you can contact people, uh, that you've maybe been chatting with on Twitter, that kind of a thing, you actually get a chance to, you know, to talk to people, and it can just be a really fun, experience and I more than once I've I've uh, been talking to people and they're oh you definitely got to see this and so then later on in the week I'll make sure that I check out a film that I wouldn't have uh, heard about in any other way uh, because uh, because you know somebody in line told me I got to check it out so that's that's a fun it's, it's I think really important to just 
to try to get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and to just chat with people that you meet in the festival. People you sit yeah. next to can be fun too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I sat next to this really nice person um, and we just started talking and they shared their popcorn with me. So that was the added bonus. They were really friendly. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. Hey, I'm Henry. I've been to a whole bunch of the major film festivals and a few smaller ones too. And I'd say the most important piece of advice I can offer is to plan out everything you want to do and always get there early because there's always massive lines. But be willing to throw away your entire plan at a moment's notice in case anything more interesting happens to pop up. Most of my most memorable experiences at film festivals have been chance encounters, uh, like meeting an A-list actor on the beach or getting coffee with the film critic I have a lot of respect for or uh, even sitting next to the director of a film uh, during a screening I was only at because I got to another one too late had to change my plans. Even just meeting and befriending uh, other festival attendees has been one of the best parts of going to most of these film festivals, and there's no way to anticipate certain things happening, but if you explore a bit and keep your ears open, then you're bound to stumble upon something pretty great. you order you I mean how easy do you find it talking to people complete strangers <laughs> in line it's not so bad because there's usually kind of something like some impetus of something happening on the street that you can be like oh look at that and it kind of sparks a conversation um I, I don't know it, it sort of depends on how intimidated I feel by the person like um I've had some really good good chat experiences remember one time in, in the, at the New York Film Festival, which I will say is a festival that skews to a slightly older crowd than I am, um, grumpier crowd. <laughs> there was a woman sitting next to me. I was like, it was, you know, in that 15, 20 minutes before the film starts, and I was writing in my notebook trying to write a review of the last film that I'd seen so I could kind of catch up a little bit. And she turns to look at me and is like, are you going to be writing during the whole movie? Ooh. <laughs> no, just... Until the light goes out and this whole thing starts. Um, So, you know, it depends. But another thing I will say is that when you are waiting in line, keep an eye out for who is also in line with you. Because the thing that people don't always think about is the fact that sometimes there are, like, actors and other famous people who are, you know, stars. They're just like you. They're also waiting in line to go see things. Like, the first thing that I saw at the Toronto Film Festival last year... um, Sean Hunter, Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World, was standing directly in front of me in line. I was like, okay, I know who you are. I'm not going to freak out. <laughs> it kind of tell, like the time that I went out into the foyer after watching a film, and I was there was this woman, and she was like chatting to some other people, and I was like, I know that woman, and like, she was talking and talking, and she was like, uh, and they, people were like coming up to her, and she was like taking photos with them, and I was like. Uh, I really know her, and it's frustrating me. Where Where is she from? And it wasn't only until she'd left, and I realised, oh my gosh, that was Olivia Coleman. <laughs> and I was just like, she's like, I'm a huge fan of her. 
and she had you know because she just looks so ordinary i don't mean in that in like a horrible way i mean like she was just so naturally friendly and uh, you know i was like oh olivia coleman you're my hero <laughs> and uh, i still i still feel really upset about that right now uh to this day that i didn't realize that it was olivia coleman but i probably wouldn't have gone up to her anyway because i would just make a fall out of myself <laughs> it's probably a nice uh a nice change for her you know just to <laughs> not be uh not be noticed in that way. But one of the tips that I definitely thought of is to try your best to sort of avoid festival hype mm. uh, because there'll definitely be films that will be super buzzworthy all over the festival. And it's not, you shouldn't least, you should certainly try to see those films, but to try not let that hype uh, influence your opinion too much. Uh, and it could even feel like you're, uh, you're inclined to be favorable because you're so excited that you got into a particular movie. <laughs> like uh, last, uh, la- this last one, I was very excited that I got into uh, extremely wicked, uh, whatever that movie, the, the, uh, the Ted Bundy movie uh, uh, yeah. with, yeah. Cause my pass wasn't, uh, didn't work for that one. It was, it was a midnight screening. And so I got in, and I was very excited. <laughs> and then I watched the movie, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, like that movie. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you could kind of separate the experience of the festival from the actual movie itself. It's I think a good, uh, it's a, it's a good thing to do. It's the most professional way that that you should try to review. Yeah, I think as well is try to go. To, I. try to go out of your comfort zones when it comes to watching films like Mm. film festivals have some really great world cinema and documentaries um so go give those a go because you might be pleasantly surprised i think we all seem to go to a festival and watch the same things as we would you know any other time so uh definitely i've seen some wonderful films that uh have you know i haven't actually heard of um outside of film festivals i saw a great film um which was called um new world which was a korean film a korean crime drama and i just went to it because i was you know i didn't get into the other film i wanted to go into to see and um i was so pleasantly surprised by this film and i thought oh this it was actually the best film i saw at the festival so yeah it's definitely don't you know don't be put off by subtitles i say this every time but really seriously (laughs) it's worth going to see them i feel like i also try really hard to take a look at when the films are going to be going into wide release when i'm at a film festival because it's like yes it's cool Mm. to go see you know i don't know what was one oh beautiful boy was one that was at the toronto film festival and it was like yeah it's cool to see it at the premiere Everybody comes out in waves. That's it. Um, but if it's coming out in like two weeks in your local cinema, I mean, unless it's something that, you, you know, it's like very important to you, I feel like sometimes you get more out of seeing some of these smaller movies that realistically, like you may never get another opportunity to see it. Like it may never go into wide release. It may just disappear into 
the universe and like this is or it might you know not come out for another five years so it's it's good to give those little guys a chance like i've seen so many i've seen some horrible like movies because i gave movies a chance but i've also seen some that have turned out to be some of my favorites so yeah yeah. that's that's so true that's becoming more and more problem at sundance uh with the amazon and netflix uh quotient of the movies that uh, are now premiering there uh, like for instance this year they had Velvet Buzzsaw which I was originally uh, planning on seeing at the festival but then I realized that it was going to be debuting on Netflix that week of the <sighs> festival so like, why would I waste yeah. one of my spots at uh, Sundance to see something that I can literally watch on TV that week. (laughs) And so there's more and more of that kind of thing happening. So it's definitely something to look out for, for sure. Yeah. And um, you, you were probably glad that you didn't waste your ticket on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I, I actually put uh, this question up on my Twitter and uh, the critic, William Bibiani, he said, uh, don't schedule one film less than an hour after the previous movie ends. If it's not at the if it's not at the same venue, the odds of actually making it are infinitesimal. And I think that's very good advice as well. Yeah, I think that's actually really good advice. I mean, I I don't know. I do this thing where I go to one venue per day, if that makes sense. Like I stay in one location, and yeah. Uh, it's nice to just stay in one location and not have to do a mad dash across London and then potentially get caught up in a riot, which happened. Well, it was a protest. It was a protest that turned into a riot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was a bit of a crazy moment because it was supposed to be like, it it was, it's okay. It was a protest against fascism. So, you know, it was kind of cool to be sort of joined in on that because, you know, that was the experience. I am like a, a really bad risk taker in terms of that because I'm just perpetually running late and like will always just do things like flying by the seat of my pants. I remember I um, I saw two movies in Toronto. One of them ended at like 1130. One of them started at midnight. <gasps> in a location that was about a 20-minute walk away, I made it. Oh, I was wow. Out of myself, but, like, it was probably not, like, a, I, you know, probably took a year off my life getting to it. So um, <laughs> Toronto is one of the locations I feel like you have a better chance just because the theaters are so close to one another. Like, everything is within walking distance. Most things are within a 5- to 10-minute walking distance. But New York... Forget about it. Like, you can build in an hour and a half, and you still, like, don't know if you're going to make it because just traffic is who knows. And the theaters are all, you know, really far away from each other at Tribeca. So it can be rough. So, yeah, I think yeah. That, that, you know, the hour is a good benchmark to kind of use. I think sometimes you can get away with a little less, but aim for at least an hour. It's like going to the airport. It, yeah, it, uh, Sundance, if you are not there 15 minutes before and you don't have a pass, then you they will give up your ticket. You have to be there at least 15 minutes early, even if you have a ticket. And so uh, definitely make sure that is, you're, you're there early for that. Uh, I, I, I at least will do sort of a morning block and then maybe an afternoon block. Uh, but I think 
giving yourself an hour, I think, is is definitely a good rule of thumb for sure. And you don't want to be like super out of breath and super like Sweaty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you got to sit sit next to someone for like an hour and a half, and they you know they probably wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, especially because it's Sundance, you have to deal with like weather because it's in January, <laughs> and you never know about stuff like that, and you don't want to come in like all wet and like that would be that would be uh just asking for me to get tired and you know frustrated one little tip you kind of mentioned a little bit that i think is important is to sort of know the venue a little bit and uh, to know whether you should bring a bag lunch <laughs> because there's particularly one venue uh the grand here at the sundance that has the worst food everything no matter what you order somehow tastes like dirt it's just i don't know how they do it it's the worst and and so i i i just learned i'm like i'll bring a peanut butter and jelly i got it in my bag because uh, that's going to be better than whatever uh whatever they have there to buy Hey guys, this is Dave from the Piecing It Together podcast. The first thing is, of course, that, you know, I think the thing that everybody has the hardest time with, myself included, is, you know, making the most of your time there, which means talking to as many people as possible. And I think the two single easiest and best ways to talk to people at film festivals are, uh, first of all, um, whoever's sitting to the left and right of you at a screening. So, and the other one that I think is probably where the most of my conversations come up during film festivals is around eating areas. Um, it's usually sitting around a table and whoever else is sitting around at the table, it just ends up happening. You know, conversations do happen. And then one last thing, and this might get me a little hot water with uh, some festival organizers, but um, there's some movies you've been trying to fit in and you've got a little block of two hours where there's nothing you're really too interested in. Go to a regular movie theater and see some movies. I do it every time at a movie uh, film festival. I always sneak away and I get to some movies that I just wasn't able to fit in while I was at home. And it's a good way to make sure you end up seeing everything you want to see. I think food is uh, something that we probably forget really in when we attending film festivals. Um, you've got to really stay like hydrated and, and fed. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, like if you go to more expensive cities, um, the food could be ridiculous. Like London, you just like no. Um, so I lived off um, for my stay there. Um, like sandwich meal deals um so it was like bacon lettuce and tomato sandwich every day um <laughs> but it was okay because you know by i always made sure i had a good breakfast before i went to the film festival so always popped in a, to like a coffee shop and got porridge and a banana and sort of st- made sure i was like well fed so i could face the day because it's going to be a long day yeah, that's very true. And also, like, eating out at restaurants, like, over and over and over again and just grabbing, like, pub food all the time, it becomes a lot, especially if you're at a festival for the long haul and you're there for, like, you know, a week, 10 days. 
Um, I remember I was like, I took a picture of myself eating salad at a bar um, when I was in Toronto because I just couldn't stomach the idea of eating just like more just fried food that's quick that you can just grab and leave. Um, Like, you know, 40 minutes and you're like, okay, I just need something. Bring me this. Um, So, yeah, I feel like planning ahead and bringing food, even if it's just like a sandwich and then like a couple of snacks, like a granola bar or something is you will thank yourself later when you're trying to like eat um, a day's worth of nutrients through popcorn. It's not going to happen. It's very true. Um, So I'm going to let's head over to Twitter. I had some great sort of um, uh, feedback from people. And I think if we sort of um, some of the ones that we've uh, already discussed, but um, so I really appreciate everyone responding. Uh, so Katie um, said that um, plan ahead and don't be afraid of networking. And she said a steady supply of cereal bars also helps, especially with early starts and short breaks. I completely agree with that. Um, like definitely having cereal bars and and make sure that you you know um you've got plenty of water on you is is another tip um so uh jd said that i don't i don't know if this has been mentioned but say during a q and a session if the audience is picking up on a particular thing about the film maybe try to ask a um a question about another uh, another aspect of the film I don't know, but it might be, um, but I think it might be something the filmmaker might appreciate. That's a good point, because in Q&A sessions, um, it's always good to uh, to not ask the same question. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could do an entire podcast just talking about Q&A etiquette, because (laughs) I am constantly furious at people Mm. (laughs) who... are wasting their moment um, by asking dumb questions, dumb and or rude questions. So, yeah, I think, you know, diversifying the pool of of questions is always good and not just harping on about the same thing. Also, make sure it's relevant. Also, don't ask them to read your script. Also, don't ask them for a hug. Just Oh, God, yeah. Why? Why ask them for a hug? (laughs) Or a selfie. Don't ask them for a selfie. It's so just not the right place to do that I mean you especially like you just watched a film I don't think you know hugging is probably the last thing anyone wants to do sometimes but well unless it's a really sad movie then maybe a hug but you know maybe but But like also there have been movies that I've gone to where like they just are they're promoting their film like they've just put it out in front of the universe for the first time and this happens with I've seen this happen with male actors and female actors, so it's not just women who sometimes get this treatment, but I saw um, a movie with Gail Garcia Bernal, and somebody, like, the first question that a woman asked him was just, like, how do you stay so young-looking? Oh, it's my like, God. He wants to talk about the movie, like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm yeah, I've found the Q&As to be kind of a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. I mean... <laughs> Especially because I always want to make sure that they what they're saying isn't overly impacting my feeling about 
my response to my organic response to the film itself. Like it's interesting and it can kind of pepper uh, my, uh, my thoughts on different parts, but I don't know, like uh, a lot of times they'll talk all about just the struggle and how hard it was. And I respect that. And it's interesting, but in the end, I still have to review the film that's on the screen, you know? And uh, like, I remember this last time I, this guy got him and said that he'd been working on this movie for 13 years. And I'm just like, I'm a terrible human being. You know, I just feel bad. <laughs> but, I, but uh, you know, that's you got to do your job. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, and the thing is, is, is you know, if some of that information, like, you can get elsewhere in terms yeah. of, like, how they came about making the film and uh, the background of the production stuff. So... Yeah, if we were talking about um, anxiety surrounding film festivals, for me, uh, talking to people online can handle it. The secondhand embarrassment of the Q&A is something that I genuinely struggle with. Like, when people ask bad questions or, like, I can tell that Mm -hmm. someone's uncomfortable, I just, like, I go to a bad place and (laughs) it stresses me out a lot. Yeah, I had a bad, ex- well, not a bad experience, because it was actually kind of a, it was a good experience, but it was kind of a, a bit weird for me. Um, I recently went to Sheffield Film Festival, and then um, there's a news channel news presenter called Jon Snow, who does the news here. Um, he's quite well known in the UK. But he was hosting the Q&A session. I put my hand up to ask the filmmakers um, about how surreal it was to see their lives depicted on film, and he, I was—he was like, "Oh, would you mind standing up?" So I had to stand up, and everybody <laughs> turned and looked at me, and I was just like, uh, "Yeah, I just want to say my question, and I, your film was really good, and it really moved me." And <laughs> it was really awkward. Everybody was looking at me, and I was just like. Well, I can hardly sit down and not answer my question, uh, not ask my question. So um. I changed my mind. <laughs> I don't want to ask. Or <laughs> just drop the mic and run out crying. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's a that's a good thing. Q and A sessions. What, definitely need to do a podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, Joe, our Joe, um, said that be open to chatting with everyone. You never know you, who you're going to meet. Um, she said she met one of her best friends and current housemate at a film festival. So, that's good. Um, yeah, how lovely. And she <laughs> says, uh, also listen to instructions about queuing and thank the volunteers. This is something that... We, oh. Yeah, definitely. Thank, Very good one. Yeah. Because they are, you know, mostly uh, people who go unnoticed and they do excellent work. So definitely a big shout out to all the volunteers who work out uh, film festivals. And she said something which I thought was a brilliant tip. Bring a reusable coffee cup. That's uh, excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I always forget to bring them. So definitely do bring them. Um, we had uh, Harris. So I say, uh, please uh, have plenty of time to travel and eating time as well. Always get to films a bit early due to long queues. And he says, enjoy walkouts um, during films since there's no point in getting riled up. It's always great when you have people walk out of films, isn't it? 
I don't I don't know about you, but it's like twenty minutes in, five minutes in, and it always will be someone walking out. And it's just like okay, especially when they've paid for a ticket. <laughs> I love it. I, I yeah, I really enjoy it. <laughs> Have you ever encountered anyone sleeping during a film screening? I've been the person. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's not, I, it's not a comment for me to sort of fight being drowsy in general sometimes in movies, but I, I, you know, I'm usually good about it, but especially at Sundance when you're watching four or five and in a row sometimes, and, you you know, you're not eating the best, you're not sleeping the best, it's just, you know, stressful time, but, uh, but, yeah, in particular, I, one time, I uh, was watching this documentary about the prison system, and it was very interesting stuff, but it was dry, <laughs> and I was struggling so much, and the lady next to me, I should have probably just left, because, uh, but I, you know, I don't know. I didn't even think of that. But the lady next to me was getting so irritated with me, and I was like, "I'm so sorry." But, uh, but, but, yeah, it it can be a a thing. <laughs> it is a struggle. Like I, on my one six film day at Toronto last year, the movie right in the middle was a movie called Divine Wind, which was a black and white Algerian film with almost no dialogue just set in the desert, like, about extremism. And I'm sure it was a very beautiful film, but I, I couldn't handle it at that point. Like, I, I, I had a long day, and I was about to have an even longer day. And I napped for, for a part of it. You can't, you can't fight it sometimes. It has to happen. Yeah. That's true. I mean, in, in a way, it is, like, it is sort of a valid response to the quality of the movie in yeah. a certain degree. But uh, I try to avoid it when possible, but I've had my moments. Right. I try, if if at all possible, I try not to write reviews. Like, if it was um, a movie that I was doing for my blog, I, unless it was, like, just a couple minutes where I dozed off, I try not to, like, judge the movie or review the movie too much um, if I've fallen asleep during yeah. it. Just because then I feel bad. Like, what if there was something really good that I missed and I'm misinterpreting it or misrepresenting it yeah. i i've uh, i've only had one where one movie not even just at a festival but one movie where i truly like think i missed part like usually i'm just playing the head knobbing game you know where I'm, my <laughs> things. but yes. uh, it was yeah when i went and saw life itself oh, <laughs> that movie i was I was asleep because I was kind of sick, too. That's the other thing with Sundance because it's in January. I felt like I always have a cold. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's an adventure. Um, Marcus says, uh, bring a bottle of water, um, which is a great point. Max Borg told me. If it's an international festival uh, in a foreign country and you don't speak the local language, make sure the films are subtitled in English because that's not always the case. Do accept invitations to parties and the like because A, it's good for networking and B, free food and drink are always a good idea. Cat uh, <laughs> um, Does Content says, um, charges, charges, charges. Um, I'm also going to carry a notebook with me for every screening. Um, 
So you definitely bring a charger with you. Um, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Multiple. I had a charger charging my charger that I was using <laughs> to charge my phone. Um, you got to yeah, do it. That's, that's really key at D23 uh, or any kind of Comic-Con because a lot of times those convention centers do not have enough uh, of enough outlets or enough and you have like people just huddling around the outlet. Yeah, and I think as well um, having a charge phone is super important if you need to use any apps. Um, and I'm not talking about Twitter, yeah, I'm talking about Google Maps um, and Uber. Uh and your ticket apps. Sometimes they have ticket apps where you need to have your phone to access the screening. So those can't die. You need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at Sundance, uh, a lot of times they'll have a wait list. So, like, when I saw the Exceedingly Wicked movie, I had to actually leave the screening I was at. So I sat on the aisle, which tip there. Uh, if you have to leave, <laughs> sit on the aisle. And so I sat on the aisle and I, so I stepped out just so that I could be, uh, use the app to log on and get on the wait list for the next, you know, the next uh, movie. And uh, so, yeah, definitely even the festival apps, you want to have your phone for sure. Mm, yeah. Very handy. Um, Ryan said that uh, talk to anyone and everyone because you never know what conversation you're going to have uh, or who you're going to talk to. And also pace yourself and eat food. Um, Yes, please eat. Um, (laughs) Please eat some food. We don't want you passing out uh, in the middle of... We sound like mothers, but like, please Uh, really eat food. this is probably the best advice I've had, but Dr. Hillary uh, Butler said that uh, gear up on vitamins and eat well a couple weeks leading up. Uh, I always get sick before doing this. Being at a film festival is like being a kid at a new daycare with uh, new germs. Uh, so uh, make sure to bring healthy snacks too. Uh, Dan Fleming said, uh, if you're a normal um, film-going civilian, definitely consider volunteering at the festival in order to get a free pass so there are ways of getting around it so you know and also it's great to be a volunteer because you can put that on your is it resume as you americans call it (laughs) we call it c we call it a cv over here but curriculum (laughs) verity But it's, it looks good, really, um, to have that on there, I think, you know. Just go have fun. Like, remember, it's, this is cool. Like, this is a great opportunity to support independent film and to uh, to see a whole bunch of great movies in a shorter period of time. And uh, I don't know. Don't let don't let all the, the, the hard parts about it ruin the, the fun parts. Yeah, definitely. Um, and... I'm just going to put a question to you. Um, do you think as a female going to film festivals this is a different experience, say, to a, a male at all? And the reason I ask this is I've gone to press screenings and I've been, you know, and certain talks and I've found it's mostly made up of males. And I don't know, sometimes it feels a little bit imposing 
Um, I mean, I think insofar as being a woman is always just kind of a little bit, you know, ugh, about certain <laughs> things when you have to be constantly, you know, in this world that isn't Kate, like, you know, whatever. Anyway, but um, I think things where it is thinking like, okay, I'm, you know, I went to this midnight screening of this cool horror movie and now I have to get back to my, you know, hotel at two o'clock in the morning um, is maybe something that women have to think about a little bit more than men do. Um, I think in Q&As, there is, you know, pretty pretty well-documented research showing that men get called on a lot more. They're more confident with their questions just because they've kind of been taught to be confident with their questions um, and not to worry, like, they're not worried about bothering the filmmaker or asking a dumb question as much. Um, I think that's a factor. And But I've also seen a lot of research that shows that if you call on a woman first, the the resulting pool of people that you've called on will tend to be more diverse because hearing, I don't know, for some reason, hearing a woman speak first makes other people more willing to kind of, like, put their hand up and ask a question. So, I mean, I think it's definitely a factor. I don't think I've ever felt, like, you know, unsafe or, like, super uncomfortable at a film festival any more than I do in my regular life. But but I think it is, yeah, it's a consideration, and it's something that they should always be working on to make better. Yeah, I know they've been focusing on female filmmakers a lot at Sundance the last two years. And uh, so uh, that's kind of a a cool perspective that uh, I feel like I'm able to bring to to a film. You know, if it's directed by a woman, then, uh, you know, hopefully I have a little bit of insight (laughs) and and just kind of an interesting thing. Uh, And I don't know, I I haven't had faced a, a, a big difference between how I feel like I'm treated or, you know, my experience. But, yeah, you want to be sensible and be safe. And, and maybe that's part of the reason why I usually try, if I'm in a line, to try to talk to people and mm. just not feel as uh, maybe nervous or whatever. Because once you become kind of friendly with people, it's a little uh, less uh, scary, I guess. Yeah, I think it's really just um, if you go in there and and feel it as an opportunity to meet new people and you know like in joe's case she met her best friend so um think of that you might meet your best friend and future roommate so definitely go in there and feel confident and and talking to people because you know it's actually it makes it can make someone's day you know especially if they've been like up at 5 a.m and they've seen, you know, four movies already, and they, you know, they probably think, feel, it's very lonely sometimes going from one screening to the next, and you're sat in total silence. Um, so, yeah, um, don't be afraid to talk to people. So, I think, yeah. I think for our survival guide, uh, it goes like this. Make sure that you, you plan ahead, um, so you know exactly where the venues are going to be, and you know what, um, so if you want to go see certain films, you know what time they're on and what days. Um, accommodation, make sure it's not too far away from the, the venues and make sure it's safe. And, uh, and if you're going to stay with people, make sure they're not serial killers. Um. <laughs> a good way to know that is to say, hey. Are you a serial killer? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if they say no, that's exactly what a serial killer would say. So <laughs> make sure that you 
take water with you. Uh, know where the bathrooms are, because after you've drank all that water and coffee, you're going to need to know. Um, make sure you eat. Um, uh, so you, even if it's just bringing an apple or a cereal bar, you know, it, while you're waiting in a queue, you can chop that down. Uh, don't be afraid of networking. I haven't mentioned this, but um, for any people who are going for press or industry passes, they will often have networking events. So they will have drinks. Um, so it's worth going along. Make sure you've got your charger. Make sure you've got a notebook, a pen. Make Well, multiple pens. <laughs> um, and also, don't be a dick in Q&A sessions. So... Is that Anywhere. It? Well, yeah, just yeah. Uh, that's just in general. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's a perfect survival guide. What more do you want? Well, um, thank you, Rachel, for joining us on our podcast. We'll definitely have to have you back. But where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. And then I also have the Homeworkies podcast uh, all over the place. So a lot of fun. Yeah, and if you're if any listeners are in the Utah area, the um, in July 12th through 14th is the uh, Damn These Heels, a film festival. It's all LGBTQ uh, films, so pretty fun. Something oh. to chat. Oh wow! Yeah, it's definitely one to look out for. Coming so, up. and Audrey, uh, where can we find you? I'm, like, kind of all over the place, man. Um, so, uh, Filmotomy, of course. Um, Jump Cut Online is another site that I write for. Um, I have a piece coming out soon for Crooked Marquee where I just kind of, like, rant and rave and teach filmmakers how to write and direct biopics because apparently they don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look out for that within the next, you know, couple weeks. But, yeah, yeah, that's me. Real. And um, as always, you can find uh, myself at filmotomy.com and you can find this podcast um, on Stitcher and on uh, iTunes and you can find us all on Twitter. So go give us a like and a follow, subscribe and leave us a review because we love your reviews and it's great and let us know um, if there's any other tips that we haven't mentioned that you think um, everybody should know when going to film festivals. So, yeah. Um, so, is there anything that you guys want to add at all? Um, I think if you're going to a film festival as a critic, like, okay, it's part of your job. I get it. But some of the behavior at press screenings is mm. appalling. Like, you know, you don't need to be a jerk just because you do this every week. Like, um, I, I think there's a bigger problem with um, excessive phone usage at film mm. screenings, like for the press, than there is for the regular film screenings at film festivals. Because at regular film festivals, everyone's psyched to be there. They paid money. Like, this is a big thing so they treat it like an experience whereas at press screenings it's just kind of like another thing to get through um so i feel like just try to be respectful of your fellow audience goers like i remember one time i felt really bad about this i had to be on my phone because i was at toronto 
New York Film Festival, the um, tickets had just been released online. So I prepped ahead of time. I, like, sat in the back row. I had a jacket that I used to, like, cover myself for two minutes while I needed to be on my phone, like, clicking submit. Um, So no one could, there was no light escaping. But it's just, like, you know, just be respectful, I think, is, is very important. Everybody's having a long, stressful week. So as nice as you can be to everyone else, it will make the experience much better. Hi, y'all. It's Kat, and I'm the editor-in-chief at ShuffleOnline.net based in Austin, Texas. And I have a few film festival survival tips for y'all. What I've learned from these film festivals is there's going to be a lot of walking, even if they're smaller film festivals. Um, So wear comfortable shoes. Make sure you pack ahead of time all the essentials that you need in your backpack. Just pack the essentials. Um, I tend to sweat, (laughs) so um, I pack deodorant to make sure to... To smell good throughout the day. Um, I pack a little small towel because it is hot in Texas. It's hot in Austin and I have to wipe the sweat somehow. And yes, it's really gross, but it is what it is. Um, And also, I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, of course, the opening night film and closing night film are always um, really popular. So maybe plan ahead for the in-between films. All film, all films coming to film festivals are unique in some way, so you're not going to have a bad time if you go to a different film during the during the course of the film festival. Um, but I definitely would say pace yourself. Don't burn yourself out. Don't try to schedule five things in one day. You're going to hate yourself, and then you're going to um, not be able to attend as much stuff later on because you're so tired. And then just have fun. Have fun. And I really hope you guys can make it out to Austin and attend some of these film festivals it's laid back there's tacos and margaritas so definitely come by if you get a chance and say hi in austin we're pretty laid back so we don't really have to worry about being so fancy but in other film festivals i know like tribeca film festival i felt like i had to step that up a little bit so just make sure you research where you're going and like what the what the style is i know there's some film festivals that have um kind of a I guess a a code or whatever, what you can wear and what you cannot wear. Um, But if you're coming to Austin, it's casual as fuck. (laughs) 